T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. When I was a kid, you'd open up the newspaper and car ads would come spilling out. There were deals everywhere. Now, well, you're going to pay full price or more for everything. Buying a car, new or used, has become wildly expensive, something the father of mass-produced automobiles never wanted. What happened? And what role does electrification play in the future price of cars? This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. In December of 2021, the average price of a new car in America hit an all-time high, $47,000. That number is from Kelly Blue Book. They say in 2019, the price of a new car rose by 1800 bucks. It was an increase of $3,300 in 2020, but last year, the price of a new car cost consumers over $6,000 more than the year previous. When you consider inflation, the numbers become staggering. The average price of a used car, well, that tops over $28,000, and that is not helping Americans either. If there is any good news here, it's that part of this issue that sending prices so high is somewhat temporary. The coronavirus pandemic has put a lot of strain on our nation's supply chain. There are fewer vehicles out there, so car makers don't have to give incentives. I mean, we all knew that advertised list price is just a starting point. I mean, it used to be you might be able to go into a dealer, talk them down, get a deal, something like that. Well, that's non-existent right now when you have to order a vehicle and some dealers are even adding their own markup on them. You're not seeing ads for 0% financing, employee pricing, things of that nature. But history has shown that things will change. If there's an economic downturn and all of a sudden there's more supply than demand, then you are going to see prices start to go down. You are going to see deals, things of that nature. I remember in 2008, when, when gas prices hit $4 a gallon, it was hard to move an SUV. I had a friend who bought a Jeep Commander introduced during a fuel price surge, bought one of those at half price because car companies couldn't give them away. Well, now there are no vehicles really in that category. You're going to pay full price or more for everything. But history has shown us that's not going to last. That is WWJ Auto Beat reporter Jeff Gilbert. So relief of some magnitude is on the way eventually. But that still is not going to solve the problem of affordability for millions of people. A large part of what's driving vehicle spending is the types that are being made. Small domestic cars are a thing of the past. Cars like, I don't know, when I was younger, like the Ford Fiesta, right? Those are long gone. Yeah, and cars like the Ford Fiesta, part of the problem with those vehicles is they had not made a profit for the domestic car makers. They were sold more or less as a loss leader to meet fuel economy regulations. Well, those regulations changed where you don't necessarily get extra credit for having a vehicle like a Ford Fiesta anymore. It's all about different vehicles in different classes. So car makers only have so much money to spend on product development, so they are going to focus that on the vehicles that make money, and vehicles like the Ford Fiesta really didn't make money. If you want to look at a size a little bit bigger, Ford desperately tried to save the Fusion. They were going to shift production to Mexico. That didn't work. They were going to get some in from China. That didn't work, so they just decided to cancel it. Like everything else in business, it's always about the money. Looking for an answer? Follow the money. 
The car industry, of course, is no exception. The car maker won't tell you this directly, but you can get higher margins on something that, that is a fully loaded vehicle that people will pay high prices for. And if you're selling a small vehicle, but you're selling it at a slight loss, you don't make that up in volume. So if you're not making money on a smaller vehicle, you're not necessarily going to get it in terms of volume. And, you know, for the last several years, the import small cars have been more popular. That's why a Toyota or a Hyundai will continue selling the small cars because they've got a ready-made audience for it and they're making money. Unfortunately, uh, some of the domestic small cars didn't catch on. Take, for example, the uh, Chevrolet Cruze. Chevy decided to invest a lot of money in that vehicle. It was a very nice small car. They retooled their Lordstown, Ohio plant to make it. Eventually, they decided it wasn't worth it for the North America market, and they pulled the plug on the car and the entire plant. This is Michigan, right? Birthplace of the automobile. When Henry Ford, over a hundred years ago, set out to mass-produce vehicles, his idea was the opposite of today. Ford wanted to make cars the average person could afford. That's absolutely right. He was one of the first, if not the first, of the, the automotive uh, magnets to kind of recognize that there was a potential for anyone to buy a car, provided they were making a good salary, if they could just bring the prices down. He was thinking beyond that, that kind of plaything for the rich mentality, which was prominent in the first 10 years or so of the industry. That right there, that is Matt Anderson. He may know a thing or two about the automobile. In fact, he is the transportation curator at the Henry Ford Museum. By 1922, Ford's Model T cost around $260. That's only $4,300 in today's dollars when adjusted for inflation. How did Henry Ford do it? Matt says that answer is easy. The reason it all worked so well is that, that Ford didn't really offer any choice. You know, there's that famous uh, quote, you can have any color you want as long as it's black. Well, it's not just you had no choice in color. You had no choice in the engine. You had no no choice in the, the body apart from a two-seater or a four-seater, some very basic things like that. But the Model T, really, it was a take-it-or-leave-it proposition. So uh, there's no way that would fly in 2022. And really, it didn't fly all that well in 1922 either, which is part of the reason the Model T uh, faded from the scene. Timing. That was also big for Ford and his affordable car. Sometimes you're given a once-in-a-generation chance. Henry Ford, he took it. I think the big secret is that the Model T came at a time when the automobile wasn't accepted as an everyday item. It did what could only be done once, and that is to turn the car from a plaything for the wealthy or from a luxury into an everyday necessity. So the market conditions were absolutely unique to the Model T's time and place. So while I had Matt, I had to ask, what would Ford make of today's car market? You know, it's hard to speak for Ford, but I'm sure he would be quite surprised at prices like that. He would be surprised at the variety of vehicles that are offered now. And, and the, uh, I don't know if demand is the right word, but the, the, the wants of customers, right? They want to have all these different choices and options. Henry's method was always, you know, I, I know what's best. I'll make it for you. And that's it. And, and he relented on that a little bit with the Model A and with some subsequent cars that came along. But I think he would be uh, profoundly shocked by today's market. Now that we've looked at the present and the past, I think the instructions from Charles Dickens say we should talk about the future. And if you're talking about automobiles, the future is about one thing and one thing only, electrification. The main knock on EVs is how expensive they are. But now it seems like all cars are expensive. So where does the gasless car fall on the spectrum today? Is the argument even there anymore? People would say, well, you know, electric cars are too expensive. Are they still that much more expensive now than your average new car that has a combustion engine? 
They at this point are more expensive. That's why we're talking about government rebates, things of that nature. But eventually, they are going to be comparable. Sometime within this decade, they will be comparable because people are making a lot of technical advances. In long term, electric vehicles are a lot simpler for car makers to make. They don't have transmissions. They don't have a lot of the internal combustion parts that a traditional vehicle has. So they are going to be less expensive for car makers to make eventually. Here's another thing. Electric vehicles have gotten cheaper over the years, and Jeff says making them affordable is a priority for automakers. When we slip into EVs, they're working very hard on affordability there. That's why General Motors and Honda announced a joint venture, because they want to put out EVs for under $30,000 in the 20s. So there will be lower-cost vehicles. They may not be as low-cost as we got used to, but uh, you're not going to be able to find a Ford Fiesta again for $10,000, but you might find a, a reasonable EV in the coming decades for the mid-20s. The lesson here, I suppose, is that the economy cars are gone, but it's because we want too many things. Cars can't be affordable with all the bells and whistles all the time. But while it seems like price has slipped in priority, it sounds like it's one of the most critical focuses of the electric vehicle development process. So maybe some good and cheaper news is on the horizon. Thank you so much to WWJ Autobeat reporter Jeff Gilbert and Matt Anderson. Matt is the curator of transportation at the Henry Ford in Dearborn. You can always find the latest on the automobile industry at WWJNewsRadio.com. Our theme music is written and produced by Ozone Music and Sound in Royal Oak. I'm Zach Clark, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.